0: I never really thought about the fact that you're documenting things both time during the GWAT, but also there's this meta quality to it where even within the GWAT, you are still documenting something that, that didn't exist before or after a certain time within that time
1: period. Yeah, there's snapshots and layers to it. It's gonna be such a challenge to really tell the story just because there were deployment waves. It wasn't like you had one fixed unit like you did in Vietnam or a frontline like you did in the old wars. It was easy to follow the back and forth, right? There's surges and waves and different mission names and they're always overlapping each other. Like how do you keep track of that? It's just endless rabbit holes. Is that much of it is
0: that, that's not much of a change for you, right? My name is Kerry Kite. I used to load bombs in the Air Force, and now I'm a writer, a filmmaker, and an entrepreneur. Through using the post 9-11 GI Bill to go to college, working hourly jobs to pay the bills, and freelancing my way into a career, I've studied what it takes to successfully transition from service to civilian, and that study has become a conversation. On this podcast, I speak to other veterans, successful artists and entrepreneurs about their transition, what they did well, where they failed, what they learned, and most importantly, how they applied their skills. Episode 47 features Eric Strand, a former finance operations manager in the U.S. Army and the curator of the War Murals Project, an Instagram account collecting our memories and experiences of the GWAT. Welcome. This is Veteran Made. All right, Eric Strand, good afternoon for both of us. I think you're one hour behind me out there in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining, man.
1: Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, I've listened to a couple episodes now. you got some good content and good guests going on.
0: Awesome, appreciate that, and uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate adding you to that that list of uh, good guests. First time using Riverside, switched over from from uh, from Zoom to Riverside, so uh, different interface here that I'm I'm looking at, but uh, so far so good. Looks like we're we're um, we're moving on the right track. So um, would love if you could just give kind of folks a primer on on who you are and a little bit about the Instagram account that you run um, just briefly, and then and then we'll uh, we'll dive in dive into some questions here
1: yeah real briefly um i'm eric strand i spent 10 years in the minnesota national guard um towards the end of my deployment i took an interest in the different art made by troops for troops overseas in iraq and kuwait um just out of my own interest started taking pictures set up a a website uh that's called the war meals project now warmeals.com um from that i've just uh I certainly feel like I've I've struck a nerve. I've been collecting stories and photos from uh, um, veterans about you know what it looks like, what it feels like, what the memorials that were set up like um, downrange during the global war on terror. Trying to collect that and help that help tell that story of a pretty long and confusing war for most people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we'll we'll definitely get into that that last bit there. The the length and the and the confusion um, as as you and I were were talking uh, offline before. We we're just kind of talking about memory and and photography and how you can elicit you know different things for different people and similar things for different people and different things for similar people and, and all of that. So definitely, I'm going to want to dive in there. But what initially got you? interested like what made you what made you like did you snap the first picture that you that you collected or 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 did you receive it from somebody else but i'm curious like at that that acute moment that the genesis of this whole thing what what struck a nerve for you initially made you want to start this project
1: um yeah so when i when i started the project i was deployed to um um based out of kuwait out of camp Bearing but i was a finance um, manager I'm a dispersing agent, so I had the unique opportunity to um, take a briefcase full of money and um, one of the other people on my team uh, moved to different bases, uh, austere locations, and built-out environments throughout um, Central Command. So Kuwait, Iraq, um, Qatar, um, and more. So um, just being able to see all those different snapshots at all those different bases was something that really struck me. I saw there was a a Borat. Um, a Borat T-wall that was painted in Iraq that um, was just like you know, inherent resolve, great success. Um, I think that's the first one that really struck me. But uh, I, I remember just enjoying seeing the real time indicator of morale at different bases, just reading like the latrine graffiti and and a potty graffiti too, to get a feeling for what people are really about. So um, it was something I absorbed and appreciated um, for a long time until the end of deployment when um, requirements around theater changed. We announced that we were withdrawing from Syria, and um, my op tempo went from like a hundred miles an hour to zero um, as they realigned things. So I was in the purgatory of the Kuwaiti desert and started taking interest in um, the different walls there. Um, that base has been there for almost twenty years, and each one tells a story. Um, and uh, each, you know, st- new ones are still being created to this day out there. So. I just started taking pictures of those um, and started looking around online to see who else was doing it. And it was it was a pretty quiet space. So I, I figured, oh, I should just set up the website and, and see what happens from there.
0: It's got to got to be the best feeling when you're like, oh, I've got this idea. I wonder if anybody else has ever done it. Oh, nobody has. Excellent. Let me let me go ahead and get started on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there's there's one that just came on online that was active at the end of um, the Iraq War, graffiti of war. They've they've gotten going, but it was it was a very quiet space for a long time. Um, yeah, and they're doing some cool things too.
0: Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is. Um, I, it seems to me that that uh, humor tends to be um a through line. Um, and it's it's funny. I remember I remember going all the way back to basic training, I remember talking to family members over the, you know, landline, over the phone. I don't know what these, I don't know what these recruits are doing these days. I'm sure they have TikTok and their iPhones and all that uh, in boot camp. But back when, uh, back when I went through, I had to, you know, talk on the landline, you know, once every two weeks or whatever it was. And I remember my language had changed, right? There was like certain things that I would say, certain words that I would say that I was picking up from the TIs and picking up from from other folks kind of already starting that that kind of military speak that like new culture that new language all that stuff and then going all the way through you know to to uh, i remember talking to a family member um again on a landline at a deployment in afghanistan and and i, I just i was struck by my own sort of um not the right way to describe this is but like my own sort of evo- like the evolution of my humor right and like There's the gallows humor. There's the really dark humor. There's just kind of like all these things that you're picking up from a hodgepodge of different people and experiences and cultures from kind of all around the country who are Mm -hmm. coming to serve together. And then you add the military aspect to it. And then you add the deployed aspect to it. And it kind of creates this really interesting um, approach to humor. And I remember noticing that in myself and noticing it in the words that I was saying out loud and noticing that as I was speaking to family members that um, it was different than kind of what they were probably used to for me. And then certainly the, 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 kind of humor, um, you know, that just your kind of everyday civilian life, um, offers. I remember when, when we were, I was, I told you this offline as well, that I was showing, uh, some coworkers of mine, the website, um, as part of a kind of an inspiration art project kind of thing that, that my mm-hmm. agency was, was working on. And I remember going through and I'm like, man, I really want to share some of these latrine ones because they're just so damn funny, but yeah. also kind of thinking about that, that that thing that I was just talking about, which is yeah, it's a little bit different for military folks than it is for for civilians. So long, long-winded way of, of getting to a question. But um, what have you noticed about about humor and its role in how we uh, document our time deployed and how we remember our time deployed?
1: Um, how we document our time deployed. So yeah, I mean, I alluded to it a little bit before. So you look at the graffiti that are that are on the walls of, um, you know, the, the bathrooms or even just written inside of bunkers um, in Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, there's a bit of a gallows humor there, the darkness, uh, a, a dark side to it of like, you know, just keep smiling, eventually they'll stop missing. What um, was one that I saw, um, maybe it's like a coping mechanism um, and part of that kind of embrace the suck and embrace the, the hardship mentality. Um, you know, there's a strong, um, through line of of grit um, in military culture, and it, it is a way to to work through it um, while still allowing, especially on the graffiti side, um, allow service members to really express themselves. Because otherwise, you know, you might have command climate surveys or work with your squad leader. But um, I think there was one photo I got um, that was like because it is done either for profit or to really be seen. Like bathroom graffiti is the purest form of art because it is like mm-hmm. true self-expression of, um, especially a service member's time and place, and uh, a pretty austere and often stressful environment. So you, you really get to distill down into what's going through people's heads that they may not even want to communicate to their, their family, and maybe it's just something that they just want to shout out into the, the void.
0: Yeah or, or, yeah, or might not even be able to communicate articulately right or articulate or or to articulate in a way that would make it clear and understood right and there's Mm -hmm. there's actually something that's kind of cool about this kind of art and and curating this kind of thing where you know i think a lot of times especially in our i like that phrase especially in our culture because every 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 culture every decade every you know time has time period has its thing Mm -hmm. um but in our culture we do tend to value being able to perfectly and clearly articulate exactly what it is that we're thinking and feeling and if we can't do that then those thoughts and feelings aren't valid and whatever we're communicating isn't valid because it doesn't you know nail down that exact specific thing but that's just it's just not right because so much of what we think and feel is is really hard to articulate and that's what makes this humor and and you know these kinds of 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 pieces of art so valuable
1: yeah for sure. I think uh, um to add to that, I think it's a really good way to express just most of you you get the highlights on social media, right? combat footage and all like the cool guy pictures. but most of it's just stupid, boring, a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, and sometimes you just feel like you're a victim of circumstance and like the cartoon of how orders get executed. Um, so it's a good way to to capture that absurdity, and that can be shown off by especially that, that bathroom graffiti sometimes on like the official walls, but um, you know, the command team sees those and, and gets on top of those um, pretty quick. Sometimes um, you certainly see more identity expressed the further you get away from a main base or, or where leadership is. So there's some great stuff going on like photos from small patrol bases out in the middle of nowhere compared to the very official sense that you get, um, you know, at, at Bagram or, um balad in iraq or or kuwait
0: yeah it's actually that's a really good point too there's there's such a a range of um you know style hesitate to say styles you know because some of those more austere locations some of those fobs um you know there there isn't much out there anyway so you got to make something with whatever you've got out there right and so it's an interesting sort of hierarchy that's created there between um between the, the different types of deployed locations um so did you, when you set out to start this curating process, what, what, um, did you have any sort of scale in mind? Did you have any sort of end goal in mind? Or was it, was it just, a, hey, I'm going to start collecting this stuff and posting it and, and see where it goes?
1: Um, I, I just started posting it to see where it goes. Um, yeah, I was getting pretty bored those last couple of weeks and just wanted to find a way to stay busy um, at the end. Um, so I, I created the website. I took photos. I started looking on the internet, and um, you know there's all these little Facebook groups and war blogs from ten plus years ago that are like snapshots that are never really visited. Um, but you know you can they almost always have pictures of graffiti or t wall art. You can use that to tell a story and connect to it. Um, so I took my photos. I posted them. Um, and if I could do it all over again, like knowing what I know now, I'd do things completely differently. But um, I, I started it just on I got a I bought a website that no never built a website before went to the um, Red Cross tent uh, and and set up the website just just downrange um, started sharing it and poking around reddit and some of these old Facebook groups that hey this is from a unit from 10 15 years ago I can share it with this group and this group and start creating all of those networks because otherwise these these little online communities are like little desolate islands of a bunch of veterans just exist and maybe 300 people from this little space are out there. Um, Those pages are still live and websites are still live. So you can connect, start connecting dots and pulling them in and um, starts to to reverberate back and forth. So I I had no plans for scale. Um, I was just curious and and exploring the space. And um, I really sensed that I was onto something as soon as like, task and purpose, had an article not too long after I came back. I um, When I came back from deployment, I still had that, I don't know if it's like transition stress, but I still was trying to shake off that high op tempo. As I get home, it's like a couple of weeks before I start coming back to work again. And what do I do to fill that space? Um, so I just was putting time into there. like a, a hobby and a good way to explore. Um, yeah. And it's it's kind of blown up from there. So it started with Maybe 200 pictures I took on a, with a pretty bad camera in Kuwait. To I've probably got over 3,000 here. Um, maybe half of them are online. Um, deserve a lot more time and attention than it probably gets. Um, trying to think of how to do that scale and move something from a hobby to um, you know what it what it deserves. But uh, that's that's the challenge I'm working through now.
0: For sure. I want to go there, but first, what um, when Task and Purpose did the piece on you and then just kind of like right around the beginning of 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 the 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 Instagram account and the website sort of started to take take um take shape, um, what, what was the initial outreach that you would get from service members uh, who, who either visited the site or, or came came to the Instagram? Like were you getting a lot of DMs? What were the messages? What what are like kind of some of the highlights of of what you were hearing from the community as you were curating all this stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it was it was all over. It was like I have a bunch of photos. I don't know what to do with them, um, but you might like them. Thank you for creating this this space. Um, I mean, overwhelmingly, it was it was positive and supportive. Um, this was just before COVID got going, and like I even got outreach from a couple of military museums interested in this space. Um, Really caught me off guard. Um, overwhelmed with, I was then working at the time, and all of a sudden it's turning into a, a part-time job just to keep up with the emails, download the photos, archive them, try to get them on the site. Um, but I, I definitely feel like I I had struck something that needed to be committed to. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll come in every which way: um, emails, Instagram, um, Reddit, uh, Facebook Messenger um and it's every little bit of like quality um i never really know what what's coming especially with like i'll get photos of the just the most obscene and graphic latrine graffiti it's real roll of the dice (laughs) of of what i'm really going to open up here um i try to i don't want that to be a distraction there's some amazing um latrine artists out there but um, i don't want to you know have that obscene thing become um you know take away from the overall value. So, I put a little bit out there here and there. Um but I I don't need a website just full of um drawings of penises.
0: Sure. Um I guess that'll probably be the title of of this episode. I, I don't I don't I don't need to...
1: uh <laughs> Yeah, maybe we can workshop it a little bit, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Um was it overwhelming for you? So, I mean, cuz you you said that you weren't necessarily um, thinking of, of scaling this initially. So was it overwhelming to you when you had that realization, that moment of like, Oh, wow, I've really struck a chord here. There, there is something here. Was it overwhelming? Was it exciting? Was it a combination? Like, what was that initial feeling as you were (laughs) getting ready to, or you didn't know was to make the decision to, you know, to give it
1: more attention? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was overwhelming, um, and exciting. Uh, it was rewarding just be like, Oh, I, I found something cool. People like it. Um, but just, I think it came out like the day the article came out the day before um New Year's. I had other plans and I I turned on my phone and I've got like 300 emails suddenly in there and like I don't I don't know what to do with this. Where do I start with this? Um, um you know trying to trying to get through um everything was was a pretty big challenge, but um I knew I kind of had to stay on top of it um in some way. So did as much as I as much as I can.
0: Yeah. So, um, so what does the process of scaling look like? I mean, wh- where where did you get? How did you move forward? And what did you what did you start to tackle initially, um, as you as you were you know building the website out, building the archive out, building the Instagram account out, mm-hmm. um, and obviously there's some other kind of versions or, or projects offshoots that we're gonna chat about a little bit later. But what what were those initial first steps? Um, for you to, to really start to try to turn this into something.
1: Um, Yeah. When I, when I really started thinking about it, um, it kind of turned into a process of multiple tiers between getting out there. What's, what's easiest. I want to reward the people that are reaching out and sharing things. Um, So getting on to um, just sharing photos on Facebook, Instagram, whenever I can, like they make it super easy to tell the story, put a few tags on it um, and, and share it with a mass. But, um, you know, I, I want to make something um, sustainable that will withstand the test of time too. Um takes a lot more time and effort to, to do things right. So finding the balance between doing things fast and doing things right to build that scale. So um, just after COVID hit and then George Floyd, I noticed a, a university um, here in Minnesota was um, a big deal here in St. Paul and um, Minneapolis. And one of the universities near me. They started this whole mapping um, project where um, all of the protest art that was all over the Twin Cities um, was was mapped out with meta tags that you can drill in onto the theme, the topic, the year, the location, and explore it on the map. And I was like, that's really cool. I want that. That's a um, you you can search for it and explore what's going on. Um, and I think I learned like people are really approachable and like we're supposed to engage on the social media space, like ask questions. I just messaged them, talked to the professor. They showed me how to set up this um, Omeka. Basically, it's like a platform for museums. Um, And then try to narrow down on what I want to focus on first, like where's the biggest value? So I started mapping just the memorials created by troops for troops that um, rarely got brought home. Most of the time they got painted over, destroyed as a base, closed. But Now there's a snapshot there of, I can map it out, people can drill in and see, you know, um, start telling those stories in detail of, um, this is who we are, this is who we were, this is who we lost, who we care about, um, and invite people to explore that space. So um, to get that sustainable piece of, this is what I really wanna focus on, and this is the story I wanna tell, rather than trying to share everything everywhere all at once, the, the scope scope creep can be um, a huge challenge but um, just like a pyramid of share anything that <clears throat> i get sent that isn't completely obscene i'll post as quickly as i can online and then <clears throat> try to create a to-do list of if i have a full album or something that's really important i will try to prioritize that for for basically the di- the digital museum that i got going on
0: and is the digital museum on the existing website, or is that something that you are building and then you're going to release um, once it's at a certain stage?
1: Um, so the digital museum is live. Um, I can, I update it, add tags, uh, create the map. I think I've got hundred and, there's probably about 500 photos across 120 pages. That'd be um, warmurals.omeca.net is like this museum platform. Um, And then I've got probably 1200 photos 1500 photos on the old website, which is what I created without knowing anything about anything. Uh, The website probably looks like it's straight out of 1999. Um, But but that's okay. Um, People can still explore it and appreciate it there. Um, And eventually, I'll be able to eventually I'll be able to transfer things over.
0: Yeah. No, it's 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 got vintage vibes, but it's good. It's you know it's good. It's just it's got vintage vibes. It's it's uh it's good stuff. What what um so it's really interesting to think about these uh, some of these bases getting you know torn down and built over, painted over, new units show up and and what have you. So as you're mapping those things, it's actually not something I'd, I'd ever really thought about. But you know I was I was at Bagram in two thousand eight and two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. And even from um, obviously at, at that at that time the we'd only invaded uh, you know six seven years prior and then yeah six and a half years prior and then uh, you know from 2008 so between 2008 and 2010 there was a, a a massive increase in infrastructure at Bagram um, and so I noticed just differences just in general so some things went away because uh, you know new things got built up for um, a more permanent presence um, so I never really thought about the fact that. That you're documenting things both like in in time during the GWAT, but also kind of like there's this meta quality to it where even within the GWAT, you are still documenting something that that didn't exist before or after a certain time, kind of within that time period. I'm not sure if it makes sense what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm trying to get at, though?
1: Yeah, there's there's snapshots and layers to it. Um, like it it's going to be such a challenge to really tell the story, just because. There were you know deployment waves it wasn't like you had one fixed unit like you did in vietnam or, or a front line like you did in the old wars that it was easy to follow the back and forth um right like there's there's surges and waves and different mission names and each unit like the air force rotates like every four or six months while um you know we had army units that would rotate as much as you know 18 plus months in theater um and they're always overlapping each other. Like, how do you keep track of that? Um, I I still don't have a great answer, but I think it's a good way to drill into snapshots, use the art, connect the art to an article or a war blog at the time. Like Google still pulls up a treasure trove of, I don't even know what I'm looking at, put in a few keywords and they'll connect me to a blog from 2008 that hasn't been updated since then. Um, but then you could boots on the ground, drill into that story and that experience. And, um, it's been really cool to, you know, it's just endless rabbit holes. Yeah. I mean, I think what's really cool about the
0: process that you're engaging in is that, you know, you just said, right. You're like, I'm not sure how to do such and such. I'm not sure, you know, where this will lead, or I'm not sure exactly how to, how to solve this particular problem, but the way that you'll that you will find out is by just going through this process and doing what you can right now with the information that you have and with the capabilities that you have. And you'll discover that along the way. Right. It's a, it's an iterative
1: process. Yeah. I think it's just like curiosity and, um, you know, context is super scarce. You, it's really hard to like get the, how we got to now what was happening at that time. Um, whenever we can try to tie the two together. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's still tough, but, um i I hope it it helps connect the the story here.
0: Yeah so as you're as you're <laughs> working on on the digital museum, um, what are what are some of the what are some of the other other avenues that you're exploring um to to get this art and to get this story out there?
1: Yeah um so other avenues I've been exploring is um you know it's been I was trying to look at, creating a book, um, you know, before COVID, we were looking a little bit um, at creating a museum exhibit. Um, but, you know, how do, I, how do I get people to invite people to support the site? Where, where are things overlapping um, here to, to keep things relevant? Um, what I have been doing is my, my wife is an engineer. We've been playing with a 3D printer. And so on one side, we've been either reprinting these T-walls and making little miniature versions of them um to to offer on on Etsy and just troubleshooting what was a pretty common souvenir for a time there there's still a lot of people that have these little mini miniature T walls that have a coin, usually your name, rank, location. Um, we're trying to offer that without getting too muddled into the ownership and organization of the um, photos because between copyright d o d photos. Um, it gets and just the photo quality, a uh, ton of questions and um, complexities come up there. So, recreating some of the graffiti as stickers to like give something back if people like to support the project, 3D printing the walls if people are interested in that, um, and then trying to explore um, creating a book space. So, making sure I understand the project in its current state, um, trying to scale it up, put a business plan together, create some offerings, and um, to create a path forward for getting that book printed it's it's i'm, I'm learning pretty fast it's not cheap to publish a book um, you got to get your your cards in place um, and so it's it's just continuous it's just a continuous learning pro- process to um unpack one thing for the next and I, um, if i knew in 2018 2019 that I would be trying to manage museum and 3D printing stuff and trying to publish a book. It it would just be nuts um, at the time. And this is this isn't even my full time job. I have a I have a full time job that's taken me all over the place too. Yeah,
0: that sounds good to say all of that on top of uh, on top of how you uh, the job that you do to pay to pay actually pay your bills. Um, what, so what what have you learned about about yourself uh, and about an entrepreneurship as you've as you've gone through the process up to this point, um, turning, you know, turning a hobby into, into something that, um, you know, that can generate revenue and traffic and and all of that.
1: Um, I mean, I've, I've learned a a lot just in terms of like the, the boring stuff matters as far as how you set things up, um, get the administrative piece, right. If you're trying to start a business, run a business, um, like, the way you execute on the the boring stuff will really make a difference when um, you're trying to scale up, if you have those pieces in place and a business plan in place. So you can, um, I work through like Warrior Rising and Vet to CEO, create a business plan, a pitch deck, really try to drill in on um, what my story is and where I want to go with it. I just, I I get um, scatterbrained, right? Go down all these rabbit holes, um, and it keeps me focused and honest on like a mission statement, a, a goal to aim for. Um, so I'm not scattered all over the place. I've also learned a lot just on, on social media, um, getting, <clears throat> getting these messages or finding these old groups of it's, it's really hard for, um, these, these platforms are eager to show you stuff, but it's really hard to remember things. I'm um, trying to use the search function on um like instagram doesn't even want you to download photos or like their search function is not good at all um facebook is the same way um I, you need to be deliberate in how you organize and where the dots are connected in order to invite people to find things because like it just seems like that age of organic growth if you're trying to rely exclusively on um social media to get your word out is it's just not a thing anymore um, I've noticed some huge changes just in my my reach um, in the past couple months. Um, so you you got to build those relationships, be social, talk to people. Um, you can't just rely on people sharing and liking and and stuff anymore. Is um it's probably for the best, but um, you know this it's just little snapshots that try to freeze that time to invite people to learn more rather than you know scrolling on or or clicking on the next thing. And um, the other piece I'll just touch on is I've gotten quite a few eager emails from guys that have said, Hey, I've got some great photos. I went to Iraq in 2007. I took a bunch of pictures of the walls there. Um, let me go get my hard drive. And you see that the, those hard drives corrupt. And usually, you know, they're only good for a couple, maybe 10 years tops. Um, and those photos just decay, or all of that paperwork is gone. Um, it's super important. And a piece I try to harp on is um, back things up, get them online, print them out, especially those photos, right. That, that really tell the story. Like we're past the point where you can just open up, um, you know, grandpa or grandma's old chest in the basement and see all the metals and um, photos. Um, It's all digital, but it's very easy to lose those things. And it's not a way to like back it up. So, Get digital copies or print out digital copies, um, back them up, try to share them, even email them, um, but before they're gone, because as accessible as information is, it is not really here to stay. It it disappears pretty quickly.
0: Dude, it's so true. So there's two <laughs> things I wanna I wanna double click on. The the first one being what you just said, um, which I again something I'd never really thought about before, but articulated before, but I think I've thought quite a bit about it, is this idea that we live, we definitely now, I can concretely say this, we live in an age and and we are in a culture now where we think that everything is at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. because most things are at our fingertips, whether that's information or whether that's media. Mm -hmm. But because that has been the case for certain kinds of things, uh, we've lost this Uh, sense of, um, I don't know how to describe it, but like, we've lost this, this kind of sense of responsibility that we have for these memories, right? Mm -hmm. And, and so you think like, oh, well, that's just, it's digital. So it's never, it's never gonna go away. Like it's digital. So it's here to stay, you know, it's backed up, you know, on a a thousand different servers, you know, spread across the, the internet. And it's like, well, no, not really. You still need to be I think about it with my daughter, right? Like I've, she's three, she just turned three um, in February and we've got thousands and thousands of pictures of her on our phones and different group group text messages, you know, family groups, friend groups, different things, Instagram and Facebook and shared albums and all these different things. And I'm actually so overwhelmed by all of the pictures that are that are in there of her that it actually makes it difficult to, to really curate the ones that we want to keep. And when we say keep, like, what does that, what does keep mean? Yeah you know, for, for the parent of a child that was born in 2020. It's like, you know, by the time she graduates high school, there's going to be million, a million photos, you know, and, and, and it's like paring that down and curating it down to the the core memories that we want to have and the memories that we want to remember and experience. Like, like you bring up a great point with, with past wars, we have family members, uncles, aunts, grandparents, parents that, that have a chest in the basement or chest in the attic. And, you know, it's usually sealed in some kind of way. And so there might be a little bit of of, of damage from air or dust or water mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. But for the most part, that stuff is just, you know, it's there. Um, whereas online, it just, it actually just, it's it's not anywhere, it's everywhere. And, and it's, it could be very, very overwhelming for us to, to even think about where to start when it comes to trying to remember these things. And that is the point of the project, right? Mm-hmm. It's to remember.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it's really overwhelming and media culture just moves so fast, like, there's not a lot of depth to it. Um, and it's really hard to like get back up river, right? You're, you're just, you're just flying by. Um, so you're like, you're just, you're just getting little snapshots. And like on my Instagram story, right. Sometimes I'll see things really cool. I want to come back to that. Oh, I can't, I don't know who, who pushed that out there, where it came from. Was it even posted? Um, it's just, it's just gone. Again, um, yeah, I I really hope if anyone listening, like make the effort to, like any veteran listening, like make the effort to just print out that photo album of like deployment photos, it's going to be, it's super easy to like just, um, you know, print them out. You have a physical thing that you can move around, have it with like wedding photos or something like that. Um, Right, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's kind of depressing.
0: yeah, it is. Well, it can be, right? But, it's, but it's, it's giving us an opportunity, I think, to maybe press pause, reflect a little bit and think about how do we want to approach these things moving forward. And when I say we in this particular instance, I'm talking about our community, right? I'm not, I'm, while well, I'm interested in the rest of humanity. I'm not responsible, you know, in any way, shape or form for the rest of humanity. And I'm not even responsible for the rest of the veteran community, but I'm a member of that community. So it's like, how do we move forward and think about how are we going to remember these things? And we're obviously one year removed, two years removed here from 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 drawdowns and exits, and uh, it was a disaster. And, and the, the feelings are still very hot, and they're still very uh, fresh, and they're still open wounds. Um, and so we need to make a decision about how we are going to remember this war for ourselves and for each other. And we need to start making those decisions now, and we need to do it, you know, effectively and we need to do it intentionally and I think the project that that that, that you've started here is is a, is a great way for us to do that uh, the other thing that you brought up I thought was is interesting is just and obviously we had messaged a little bit about a, a previous episode about social media and entrepreneurship uh, it, it is that yeah I mean we're, we're all slaves to the algorithm now um, and you know the algorithm will 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 put a governor on your reach, even if you have X thousands of followers mm-hmm. and, and you can't rely on the things that you said, right? Which is shares and likes and all of that. And I think there's there's two ways, it, it feels pretty binary to me. and I'm curious to get your perspective on this. There's, there's, there's two ways that we can approach it, I think. And if I'm missing a third or fourth, fifth or sixth, let me know. But it's like one, we can, we can complain about that and we can say, oh, the algorithm this, and it won't let me do this. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm shutting down. Or we can say, okay, here's how the algorithm works. How can I work within the algorithm? Um, and how can I, if I want to affect change, kind of affect change within the, 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 the kind of use, use of the algorithm without, without um, being a slave to it? And I'm not sure how we would do that second mm-hmm. one, but it seems to me that in engagement, we have this opportunity through social media to engage with each other and connect with each other. And obviously, it has created this this um, this moment in time where all that engagement and interaction is negative, and that's what's what's being fed. But I feel like we have an opportunity to inject positivity and optimism into into that engagement and engage with each other and connect with each other in ways that are that are meaningful instead mm-hmm. of instead of you know denigrating.
1: Yeah, there there is an opportunity to to do that. Like you can you can opt out, um, but. You know, you, you can opt out, but, you know, you, you want to be where the people are, especially if you're like a history project like me or have some kind of like culture um, niche that you want to ex- um, explore and promote. Um, you you want to be where the people are. But, yeah, I I think by creating the website and the project and most of the time um, when people reach out to me, I ask them to confirm their, their email address because they're like, Email is always there, even if people move on to different platforms. Like I'm sure there's a whole bunch of GWAT stuff on MySpace. I've never explored that, but like we, we, yeah. we move on from different platforms all the time, right? Um, right. Um, so maybe that won't be there. And we we need something that'll be a standalone, stand the test of time. You're not really in, in control uh, where you're truly in control of your your product. Um, the answer is probably both. And the answer is just like build connection and if you're in that space of trying to create a sense of community you need to um you know try to be a difference maker not just a noise maker where you're just complaining about the algorithm like um you you need to be making the effort to send those direct messages um uh, tag people um etc to to foster those relationships and that's what the platform is supposed to be for i think but but mostly we see a lot of yep. memes.
0: Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, you you bring up an interesting point with like ta- with tagging folks. It's something I've noticed. Um, you know, with some other there's another podcast that um, that I listen to and support in our space, and then some other accounts obviously that uh, folks that I've interviewed that they're associated with, and I've gotten tagged in things, and um, I've actually been really happy that I would get tagged in something so that I could reshare it, or so that I could like it, or so that I can comment on it. And it was a bit of a paradigm shift for me because the thing stopping me from tagging other people was this idea of not wanting to be needy and of not wanting to like try to use, and I think like you have like 9,000 followers, 10,000 mm-hmm. followers, something like that. So it's like, well, if I tag war murals in, you know, every post, you know, Eric is probably gonna be like, geez, man, come on, stop, like stop right. tagging me in this stuff, you know? And I probably, probably shouldn't and wouldn't, you know, tag you in mm-hmm. every post, but when I get tagged in something, I'm like, oh man, this is cool. I'm a part of a community and I'm involved here and and something is expected of me and something, or at least an opportunity is given to me to engage with something in a meaningful way, whether it's a like, a comment or a share or Mm -hmm. all three, depending on what that piece of content is. And when I started to receive those tags and I started to engage that way, I thought, man, this is great. I really enjoy this. I don't feel as much pressure to engage with every single one, just the ones that really speak to me. And I realized that I could and should probably do the same thing. And so the thing that's stopping us is like this, this sort of false sense of of, um, of uh, anxiety um, about something that we probably shouldn't be anxious about because we all as humans are hungry for that community, hungry for that engagement, hungry for that connection. Mm. And these platforms provide us that opportunity. And if we use them right, we can, we can connect, engage, and um, inspire.
1: For sure, yeah. I- there's, there's a craft to like adding those connections. Like if you can signal, like I, I, you add someone and Hey, thinking of you, this is relevant to what you're doing. I see you and I appreciate what you're doing. And this is something I have that's relevant to you. Um, that goes a long way with like, Hey, I'm being, I'm being noticed and people are genuinely caring about it. Um, and you're, you're fostering things apart from just being a spammer. Um, tagging people and everything uh nobody nobody likes those um just like aggressive marketers or how many like promotional business follower stuff ends up in my my spam box too um you you want to be actively and constructive about it just not every everywhere um
0: yeah, absolutely, and I think that's what that's what that's what good, strong, helpful members of communities do, right? Is engage thoughtfully, engage intentionally, um, and and engage with a purpose to to better yourself within the community and then better the mm-hmm. community, right? And so I think as long as those those um, you know intentions are, are are clear and thoughtful, then you know you're you're probably in good shape, and I, I think that might be a, a good way for us to. To engage on the on these platforms and and you know use the algorithm to to our advantage. I just see a lot of people complain about the you know the algorithm. I I did it Mm -hmm. you know when I started adjusting the way that I post on Instagram. I'm like, oh man, this is so crazy. The algorithm is this way. I can't believe I have to do this. And then once I made the adjustment, now I'm like, all right, well the algorithm is, but the algorithm is, and this is what you know Meta wants to do. So here's here's the things that I'm going to engage in um, that are going to help. And then here's the things you know that I that I won't do because you can't do
1: everything the algorithm wants to do. The other the last thing I'll I'll say is like. It's kind of just uh, how these platforms reward your work. Like, you lose it. Instagram's uh, the awareness of whatever you're doing on Instagram's gone in 24 hours. Facebook, maybe you get a couple more days out of that. Like, for me, I've just been, you know, I I still get photos and I'll share them, but is that the best place where I should be spending my time? Um, No. Um, You know, where's the biggest bang for your buck? They they want to invite you to stay engaged so that they can. Push you ads and show you some other stuff that you like, but um, is that going to matter a week from now? On, um, am I going to even remember the things I saw yesterday? Um, no, I'm. Right. I mean, I'll I'll still get caught up, and I'm not really thinking. I'm just like actively there. Um, they're they're pretty clever about right. about that, and I just need to. I I even just set my phone to grayscale. Right when it gets to eight thirty or nine, mm-hmm. and that's my little reminder of. Okay, like do something more constructive with your time. That's that's reading time or adding to the website. Um, I've I've been social enough, if I've been social at all, I'm I'm not just looking at funny memes or something.
0: Yeah, I think that's right, but I also think you know that I I how many how many great products have I found through Instagram? How many great friends have I made through Instagram? You know how many how, how much how much great content have I engaged with through mm-hmm. Instagram? It's it's at the end of the day, it's up to each like you're saying, right? You're putting a you're putting parameters on yourself for how you engage with this little screen, you know, uh, daily. It's like, put those parameters on for yourself and be responsible to yourself. And, you yeah. know, don't think like, well, the algorithm maybe do it. It's like, well, you know, no, you, you chose to be on on the platform and, and engage in it in a certain way. It can certainly get out of control, but on the creator side of things, like I think about how much better of a creator and creative and, you know, production professional it's made me where All right, the algorithm is going to reward certain types of content, mm-hmm. and so in a, here I am engaging with um, the creative side of myself to figure out, okay, well, within the parameters of the types of content that the algorithm is going to reward, how do I make the kind of content that I want to make? And it really goes back to what the creative process is, which is which is putting constraints on yourself and your environment to create something of worth and of value. And actually, without those constraints, you're not going to create anything of worth and mm-hmm. of value. And so a way to look at at the algorithm is uh, is positive creative constraints that allow you to put the things that you want to put into the world into the world, and it also helps you receive the things that you that you might want to receive.
1: Yeah, it is a good exercise and a good way to to promote that that thinking when you you, you need to work within a certain box. Um, yeah, certainly. I think
0: I think like and go
1: yeah. Ahead. Yeah, it's probably just um requires the reflection of what what space you're in right like you are you are like far deeper into media creative process than than i am like um you know i i try to i'm i'm more interested in the the context the story a little bit of like the writing try to do that um you know i'm a i'm a colorblind guy that is now curating art somehow um and mm-hmm. uh um you know, you you want to make sure that you're you're thoughtful and mindful of, of how you're spending your time and what space you are truly in and what you want to do with with it.
0: Yeah, it all it all comes back to, um, you know, responsibility, mm-hmm. self directed approach to these things. Um, okay, so I mean, so what's next? I mean, what's what's on the horizon? Obviously, you're working on the the the, the book, and what what's the evolution looking like? How's the How's the museum coming along? Like, what are you, what what's what's on your on your plate right now specifically um, that has you excited? And then and then I've got one other question for you. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm excited with the uh, as much time as I can put into it, like um, building that web, the the exhibit out, demonstrating the work, try- Trying to like just create a, a list of running um, articles, right? I I want to create a not just a coffee table book, right? Like I can create a coffee table book, but you want to be able to tell the story there. And I'm, I've been practicing either through Lethal Minds or writing little snippets on my posts of, of getting that writing process down um, so that I can have not only just a photo book, but kind of an educational pro- product of, um, you know, I'd understand that I'd overlap a very unique space where history, military, and artwork or street art is becoming a extremely popular thing. If I can execute that correctly, um, to get those things to overlap, I think that there's a ton of opportunity there. Um, so it's, it's a slow process, um, but like, you know, with, with Lethal Minds, it's just like, you know, you submit a little snippet, it gets reviewed, it gets published, you get a little bit of feedback, and, and that's a good way to, to build on that, um, so I'm looking at the book. I really want to build out the the um, the museum and archive as much as I can to really invite people, get the tags right. So I guess I envision like a couple of years from now, maybe, you know, someone's um, son or daughter finds the website, drills in on, hey, I know like dad doesn't talk too much about this or mom doesn't talk too much about this, but, um, you know, now I can drill in on, the artwork that represented that base. And here's an article that connects to what was really going on at that time um, and what they might've seen and experienced on the the boring side of things, right? Because it's very easy to find combat footage just shoved in your eyeballs of some of the worst experiences of people's lives um, and exciting, but most of the day-to-day is super boring, right, and we can invite the the feeling and essence of that to to tell that story and, the art explains the story that they kind of want to tell and represent, um, and then I'm I'm looking at using that uh, the Etsy page right now. Maybe I'll pivot to something else, but the the 3D printing, um, trying to create some of those challenge coins and promote that little culture of um, those mini souvenir t-walls. Um, 3D printers are super cool. I won't go on a tangent about that, but um, you know that would be a great way to um, promote the site and allow people to, um, preserve that, get something back, um, without too many complexities with photo copyrights and creative commons, um, complexities that, um, that's a new thing that I ran into that, uh, I need to keep working on. Um, yeah, that that's a crazy space there, but, um, I think those are my next yeah. steps, um, right now. And, uh, yeah, still, still working a whole lot too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love that you're using everything and all these platforms and all these opportunities to kind of, to, to work on the things that you need to work on for, for another platform or another opportunity, right? Like we can use everything in our lives to feed everything in our Mm -hmm. lives. Right. And we can integrate those things together and, and build skill in one area that we can then apply that skill into another area. Um, Tell us a little bit about Lethal Minds. Um, Obviously love, love, um, love. Love those those guys over there. Tell us about what you've I think written. you over had
1: there. Um, one of one of them um, on your show a couple episodes back. Um we're, Worth, we're with Parker. Parker? Yeah. Um, they're doing yep. some really cool stuff with um, you know, the really inviting trying to be the voice of the barracks where they'll take kind of they're trying to do a lot of different things in that space, moving to Substack, trying to get they they have a Substack where they publish monthly. Um, these editions where it'll be everything from short stories to poetry to um, opinions reflections um, training material um, to be that that voice of the barracks um, and invite writers to get that you know the first the first step to being good at something is starting it and this is a really accessible way to mm-hmm. to promote that and and connect on it um, so I've been either doing <clears throat> uh, book reviews or, Um, A little bit of uh, what I've learned on the professional side in supply chain management, um, some value that might be applicable to people either trying to transition out or use at their unit, um, as well as just the thoughts of trying to look at the bigger themes for war murals on our connection to memory. Um, Yeah, they they do some really cool stuff there. It's it's worth uh, subscribing and checking them out. And it's a great way to to pause. Cause they have their own sub stack. You actually have to read, not just like look at a couple things. Um, it's a good way to, to turn the brain on. And with the constraint, they publish only monthly. It's not like every, everywhere at once. So you have that constraint, you have focus time that you have to um, really try to figure out your craft and get some feedback. It's been been nice. Love it. Love, uh, love, what
0: love what they're doing over there. And uh, very excited to see to see where it goes. Um, last question that I've been I've been ending each mm-hmm. episode with is 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 there anything in particular on your on your heart or on your mind right now uh, for our community that you want to um, share or talk about? Whether it's you know a piece of advice or or, or just something you want to get off
1: your chest. Um, I mean, I think a lot of it is just like trying to be. Um, on the supply chain side, I'd really just think about like. You vote with your dollar for the world you want to see. It's not just like actively um, doing that. So, um, you know, what might be cheapest in the short term may have those repercussive effects elsewhere. There's these externalities of, you know, where your clothing comes from or, um, you know, how much gets thrown away. Um, It's definitely something I want to keep in people's minds. But um, otherwise, just like build that connection. Talk to people you haven't talked to in a while. I see um what i love about War meals is seeing when people share something i'll post it and then they'll share it with all their buddies and then they may not have been able to connect in like five or six years and suddenly here it is and it's uh, a meeting space that e- either initiates that conversation um so just like reach out to your buddies build a connection um you know a huge piece of that um like mental health piece is just um that connection piece where you get away from the military, you transition out, it's stressful, you're almost like mourning the death of those relationships and you come home um, to the civilian world and people don't really understand the inside jokes anymore or um, weren't there, right? And it's uh, just don't assume like everyone's busy and I can't do anything, like just, just, uh, just reach out uh, to someone you've been thinking about for a while.
0: That's great. I love that. It's, uh, I think it, that's been the the theme of this episode, right? Connect and engage. Um, and it, it, it's been the through line of uh, kind of everything we've talked about. And to echo what you're saying, I would just tell folks that if you were feeling like you have that false sense of anxiety that you shouldn't reach out to somebody, that you shouldn't connect with somebody, that you shouldn't engage with somebody, it's probably a good indicator that you should. It's, 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 it's a, it's a mirrored indicator. Um, and, and I, I guarantee you, especially now as, as we've all experienced with the epidemic of of suicide in our community over the last several years, um, you know, uh, only good things can come (laughs) from, from connecting with each other. Um, No no bad things are going to come from connecting with each other. So um, awesome. Well, Eric, where can, where can folks find you on, on social media and where can folks find the, um, the digital museum and and the the repository? Um,
1: So if you just, Google search War Murals, you'll get a couple of hits and things are overlapping with each other. You can look up War Murals on Facebook, Instagram, um, email me, warmurals at gmail.com. Um, you know, share with if you're interested in the project, check it out. Um, if you have photos, um, don't be shy. We can we can post it either anonymously um, or or credit you. And if you have a recommended little article um, you want to include or even a little summary paragraph you want to explain about what this is and what it means to you. Um, I'd love to add that to, to tell the story and add add the additional piece there.
0: Love it. Awesome. We'll tag everything, um, in the, in the show notes and and tag you on Instagram when this episode goes, goes live, I think in June. And, um, dude, I've been, I've, I've really enjoyed getting to know you, um, over Instagram, and then getting to know you over the phone, and then getting to know you over over this recording. So, hope to to stay connected and engaged. Um, and just let me know if there's anything I can do to support.
1: For sure, thank you. You're you're doing great stuff on your end too. There's there's a lot of good episodes um, to dial back on. I think the yeah the one with the, your father um, Tim Kite right there there was a lot of good value in there on yep. just development and leadership. Yeah,
0: I'm a little biased, yeah. but I agree. Well, oh, so you did I recommend it, but
1: it was. Uh,
0: and, uh, that's true. Yeah, Thanks. awesome. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon.